This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Dog. Do not go gentle into that good night. Poetry, I feel, is a tyrannical discipline. I was trying to tell a story. The book came to me in a sort of a haze. This is how to write a good short story. No hope, just booze and madness. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness. Now, lend me your Dear readers and sweet, sweet writers, welcome to Literati, a comedy podcast about books and the idiots who write them. As always, we're your hosts, Colin and Michael. I'm Michael. And I'm Colin. And if you're wondering what makes us qualified to host a podcast about writing and reading, well, I once wrote a series of children's books called Mr. Hot Dog. It was not intended to be sexual in nature, but with books like Mr. Hot Dog Visits the Donut Factory, Mr. Hot Dog Goes Spelunking in a Bunch of Caves, and of course the classic baseball tale Mr. Hot Dog Gets to Third Base, well, let's just say they were deemed way too inappropriate for kids. And fun fact, those books were the first and only children's books to have the parental advisory explicit content stickers placed on them. Oh, I remember those yeah. popping up. My parents wouldn't let me buy a lot of your books. Yes. <laughs> and I wrote, directed, and starred in a one-man theater adaptation of The Three Stooges, which opened to rave reviews. Wow, rave reviews. Oh, um, I'm sorry, I misspoke. I meant to say bad. It opened to bad reviews. Ah, yeah, that sounds more like it. Mm. Anyway, in addition to being experts in the literary world, Michael and I are experts in many other facets of life. Isn't that right, Michael? Yeah, I guess technically that's true. Colin and I are just very well-rounded people. You know, we're not we're not squares, we're circles. Yeah. And we have a lot of interests, and therefore that makes us interesting people. Yeah, we, you know, I'm just constantly just interested. I'm interested in people. Mm. I'm interested in it in... Things. I'm interested in money and oh, where yes. to get it and oh, how to keep it. Yes, I am constantly losing mon- money and I am interested mm. in why is that happening. I'm interested in bodily parts of other people, um, specifically oh, fascinating. what's wrong with them and how can I critique them verbally when I first meet them. Yes, yeah. yes, that's very interesting. And then I try to weave that into my writing if I can. Um, sure. Uh, my main character, Daniel, had a big scar on his ass. Wow. See, for a second, I was going to say that sounds like it was similar to Harry Potter, but then Mm. you said it was on his ass, and I'm like, no, that's totally original. I don't know that book that you're referencing, but yeah, mine's pretty original. In fact, the scar goes right down the middle of the ass. (laughs) Can you see the scar if you're looking at the ass straight on? Uh, Well, in this case, you can, because Daniel, one of his main character traits is no pants. (laughs) So that's very cool. So anyway, we're just talking about our interests yeah. and our hobbies. And, you know, you know, I like to travel. Mm. Uh, oh, where where do you go? Uh, I accidentally I actually accidentally uh, climbed to the top of Mount Everest. Uh, <laughs> I took a wrong turn when uh-huh. uh, I was trying to go to uh, Key Foods down the down the block for well, me. And I took a very, wrong turn. One of the things I love about you is that you're very um, 
stubborn. And so if you kind of make a mistake, you're never going to admit that you're wrong. I wouldn't dare. Yeah. What if? Yeah. And plus, who am I going to admit it to? All the strangers on the street? No. To your Sherpa? I don't think so. (laughs) So many people have died on Everest recently. Yeah. But just to make this topic. Yeah. It was actually very easy for me. I didn't have any oxygen. uh, Well, when you're angry, you (laughs) tend to walk like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going the right way. Leave me alone. So you probably (laughs) used a lot of air. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was very easy for me. I also cut the line. Oh, so, cool. yeah. I also like to travel. Yeah, where do you? Uh... Just here and there, <laughs> thither oh. and thither. Oh, wow, do I do f- a lot of pacing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, moving is technically traveling. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I also, uh, I also, uh, I know I mentioned before, but mm. I, I still like traveling. Uh, I do it in basketball when I'm oh, playing yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, one of your favorites. Yeah, I, I get uh, called for traveling a lot. You, uh, you play with a geriatric league, right? <laughs> I, do yeah you play with that you well, somehow conjure well, into an over easy, 80 it's easier for me right yeah of course physically and i can uh usually dunk on most of them oh that's really cool yeah it's really cool so anyway that's just some of our interests and the things we like yeah we're just very interested in the world uh interested in people interested mm. in things and i guess you could say that because we're so interested michael and i have just picked up a few things Along our journey, which is what I like to say when I'm talking about all the cool shit I've done in my life. I'm calling it a journey instead yeah, of a long, exactly. boring life. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to take some minute to share. Um, yeah, take some minute. <laughs> take one, two, some minute. Well, don't get carried away. Well, anyway, we just wanted to share some of our wisdom with you in a new segment. Colin and Michael's Life Advice. Um, so here we go. Here's yeah, number you one. Go first? Yeah, sure. Great. Uh, they say don't look a gift horse in the mouth. What you should do is re-gift the gift horse to someone else. So it's going to be, this is sort of our life advice, is a yeah. lot of these, like, good, quotable, you could put it on a pillow, yeah. you could put it over a picture of wheat. Yeah, and you could uh, write it on your friend when they're asleep at a party. Exactly. Uh, here's another one. If a friend picks up the check at dinner, I like to say, I'll get the next one. Then immediately start unfollowing them on social media, block their phone number on my phone, and essentially cut them out of my life forever. Boom, I just saved 25 bucks. That's really smart. Yeah, and that's less of, like, wisdom and more of, like, a life hack. Yeah, and similarly... If a friend lends me $20, I'll say, hey, I'll Venmo you. And then I immediately charge them $20 on Venmo. <laughs> Your move, dude. So they loan you $20 and you Venmo <laughs> them another request. I request $20. You just dollars. doubled your profit. Exactly. When I have trouble falling asleep, I like to put on the soothing sounds of my white noise machine. Uh, To be clear, I call Bruce Hornsby the white noise machine. And for those of you born <laughs> after 1983... That's a band. I believe he played it's with... at least a guy. It's a guy, Bruce Hornsby, and I believe he played with The Range. I don't know. Well, I know. This is Bruce, your life hack. Bruce Hornsby and The Range. So uh, enjoy that. Here's another uh, piece of advice. When summer comes around, I like to cut all of my jeans into shorts. When winter rolls back around, I like to sew all those pant legs back onto my jeans. That's perfect. That's perfect. You've invented the convertible jeans. Yeah. That's really smart. And um, when I run out of clean underwear, I just turn my underwear inside out. And then when I run out of underwear to turn inside out, I like to fashion a diaper like a pair of underwear out of my button-down shirts. The buttons, I will say, they can be a problem. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, because they open up. <laughs> Easily. Uh, I like to dip carrots in mustard. It tastes good to me. That's not a piece of advice necessarily. I'm just wondering if anyone else does that. So just leave a comment and let me know. And if anybody's listening, just 
Leave a comment. Of any sort. Share it. Uh, tag us on social media. We'd love to know if anyone's listening. Here's another piece of food advice. When I finish the rest of my roommate's pint of Rocky Road ice cream, I buy them a replacement pint because it's the right thing to do. But then, of course, I eat all of the replacement ice cream as well. But then, here's the really smart piece, I refuse to buy a second replacement ice cream because I don't need the calories. And frankly, neither do they. That's smart. Mm. And finally, I've been trying to drink more water recently, so I bought a reusable water bottle. It was going pretty well until I realized my water bottle could also just as easily be a gin and tonic bottle. I don't know if you're supposed to have eight glasses of gin and tonics per day, but that's how much I've been drinking just to be safe. It's good that you're keeping track at the very least. Yes. So that's just some fun life advice from us. It's... It's less about writing and more just about <laughs> what you pick up yeah, while living a life. Yeah, Michael, Michael and I are also just citizens of the world and of life, and we just have a lot of wisdom to share with people. If you're not living, then you have nothing to write about. Exactly. So it's important to go out there, live a life, and then you can turn that wisdom into a novel, or in our case, a list of about 47 <laughs> different pieces, uh, nuggets <laughs> of good life advice. Uh, and our guest today, I'm sure, has lived quite the life herself and mm. could uh, share just mounds and mounds of advice with all our listeners. I'm so excited to hear the wisdom spewing out of her mouth. We're always excited to get a a big literary mind. And our guest today is an English professor who has a new book and is trying her hand, not at the typical English professor writing, but at erotica. And we'll be reading uh, selections, I believe, from her new book, Put Down the Milton, Pick Up the Men. Yeah. Please welcome Dr. Francis Shrave Masterson. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello, boys. How are you? I'm fantastic. You know, I hate to start out with a correction, but okay. the professor and me can't stop. Sure. There is a subtitle to my book. Oh, please. Tasteful erotica for the learned woman. Oh, wow. So okay. I know. That rounds and it out. And it's just important that, you know, the listeners know the full thing. Sure. So the, the full title of the book is Put Down the Milton, Pick Up the Men, Tasteful erotica for the learned woman. Doesn't that learned just roll woman. off the tongue? It certainly does. Roll it off does. The tongue. And then you also don't need to worry about cover art for your book because the book is full of words. Exactly. The front, well, front I, I find words words are art. Yeah. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words. So, so ten words has got to be at least half a picture. Yeah, at least. I think so. Or yeah. like I don't tenth. do math. It's a no, good chunk, it's a good chunk of a picture. We've always said we're words guys, not number boys. No. Yeah. Well, we are so excited to have you uh, on the podcast Tell us a little bit about what this uh, journey from English professor to erotica writer has been. Well, um, let's just say this. You don't have to be a professor to know how to get yourself off. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, I I do. I think so. And I have been doing that, Mm. you know, since I could walk. And you know we're recording this, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. I just I I've talked never... with my women's group. They said we really support you, and okay. we think it's great that you're going to have a wide l- listenership hearing this journey of sexual. Evol- that might be overselling evolution. it. Yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> wide listenership. I just want to say <laughs> I. I only want to tell you that because a lot of our past guests did not know they were being recorded, <gasps> and that's just because we've been talking to people at bus stops. I see. So now that you know, then that's fine. Cool. Well, 
I'm, you know, this is definitely the most exciting thing I've ever done. You know, two young men inviting me to talk. Mm. And we are beyond thrilled. And you're going to be reading a selection yes. called uh, Transcontinental Paramour. Transcontinental Paramour. Ooh, yeah. I, I can't That's wait. Right. Yeah, the, we, the stage is yours. Should we dive right in? Take it, take it away. From put down the Milton, pick up the men, tasteful erotica for the learned woman, this is transcontinental paramour. Slam, sigh, home at last. It was 6 p.m. on the first Tuesday of the semester, and I was spent from having taught three freshman seminars. Virginia Woolf and the Cult of Personality, from Twain to Clemens, writers and their pen names, and of course, Nietzsche, Balzac, and Miranda, how Hamilton got it right. It pains me to be yet another Lin-Manuel sympathizer, but it seems these days the only way to get an 18-year-old to discuss prose is if you compare it to a rap number by David Diggs. It's not that I dislike this new hip-hop musicale, but I think we can all agree it's no Champagne Charlie. <laughs> but I digress. Bemusing the demise of the musical theater genre, I tossed my leather tote on the chaise and started back to the kitchen to put on some orange pico. That's a tea. I was about to open the door when a voice, sonorous and deep, emanated from the library. Cleodora. I started. I knew that voice. Cleodora, he said again. I hesitated for a moment, urging the voice to speak again. It is Cleodora, isn't it? Or have I got the wrong 346 Wisteria Lane? My heart stopped. It couldn't be. Dr. Kingsley F. Jarrowberry, Professor Emeritus of Milton Wallace and Keats at Brasenose College, Oxford University, Ph.D. Oxford, M.A. Oxford, B.A. Cambridge, born Kingsley F. Jarrowberry to Francine and Theodore Jarrowberry, the latter a Professor Emeritus of Blake, Wordsworth, and Coleridge at Pembroke College, Oxford University, Ph.D. Oxford, M.A. Oxford, B.A. U.T. Austin. You can't deny he had pedigree. I hadn't seen Kingsley since my semester abroad in 1976. We met in the dining hall, reaching for the ketchup, though of course he would have called it red sauce. Oh, did my sauce run red that year. We spent the semester together exclusively, discussing Byron and sharing pints in the local pub, not only titled The Bitch's Flame. When I left to finish my senior year at Yale, we stayed in touch, writing missives to each other, bemoaning our loneliness, and of course, sharing theses. He was a true romantic, and I don't just say that because he read Keats. Kingsley Jarrowberry, my across-the-seas lover, my transcontinental paramour, the Percy Shelley to my Mary Shelley. And here he was, 40 years later, in my library. I felt a cool hand on my clavicle. He always knew how to touch me. His mouth brushed my ear. Cleodora, you haven't changed a bit, he softly intoned. I felt that in my Emily Dickinson. I turned to lay eyes on him for the first time in 40 years. How did you find me? I whimpered. I looked in every college directory, he responded. I guess you'd be teaching the brawny children how to dance through the wild reeds of literature. He always had a way with words, that Jarrowberry. I'm just an adjunct at a liberal arts college, I said sheepishly. I don't even have tenure. He scoffed. Liberal arts is the new ivy, I hear, though of course in the UK we only have Cambridge and Oxford. I melted. I could listen to him talk about the disparity between the British and American educational system for hours. But we had other catching up to do. I gestured to the sitting area, where two battered leather chairs flanked a coffee table. I cursed myself for not adding a love seat. Emphasis on the love. 
He sat down first, unbuttoning his blazer and spreading his long, corduroyed legs wide. I went to sit in the other chair, but he stopped me. Why don't you read me something, Cleo? I looked at him, startled. But it's been forty years, I stammered. You know, there's nothing I could want more than to hear you read one of the great bastions of literature, a Greek titan of composition, an obelisk of the written word. He lingered on that word, obelisk. His metaphors always made me wet. I nodded and looked up at the bookshelf, searching for an appropriate text for this most uncustomary of occasions. Louis Stiefel's Night in Alhambra? Too sappy. Nicholas Bechamel's Confessions of a London Ne'er-Do-Well? Too serious. Then my eyes stopped at Beverly Quandle's A Gentleman Amused. Perfect. Going for Quandle, eh? He jested. I would have pegged you for a garbly girl myself. We laughed at the old joke. I turned around. I thought Quandle would befit the occasion, I said, surprised at my own coyness. He patted his knee. I faltered a moment, but then gingerly sat on his lap, my legs dangling off the side of the chair. If I had known you were coming, I would have worn something less matronly, I said, embarrassed at my Eileen Fisher linen two-piece. Shh, he purred. Read. I opened the book. What page? I asked. Sixty-eight, he said. <laughs> oh, did he love to tease. A gentleman amused by Beverly Quandle, I started. Page sixty-eight. Moral Clancy didn't know what had come over him. Three trips to the opera in a week? Who was he, the Duke of Hertfordshire? Kingsley snaked his arm under my tunic. I breathed deep and continued. These trips were always dastardly. Old nobodies in suits asking him about the banks and ladies decked out with so many feathers they could have been colorful stuffed pigeons. What rubbish, Clancy thought. Kingsley's hand grazed over my breast. Gasp, I read on. But now Clancy was home and he could do as he pleased which was, at this moment, to eat a fat ham. I let Kingsley unhook my brazier. I turned to face him, unsure of whether I should continue. Keep reading, Cleo. Keep reading. I paused, just enough time for his hand to pass under the elastic waistband of my slacks. My students would flatter me by calling them culottes, but I knew deep down they're just a wide-legged pant in a breathable fabric. I let his ink-stained fingertips graze my Emily D., I picked up where I had left off. Clancy peeked his head into the cook's quarters, I read. A ham, he cried. Ten minutes and three brandies later, a ham was wheeled out on a silver platter, surrounded by curled cabbages and boiled onions, caramelized yams and dollops of cream. I could feel Kingsley getting hard beneath me. Was it the mention of cream, I wondered? I sucked in a breath and transferred the heavy tome to one hand so I could stroke him with the other. I continued. Clancy sat down at the white linen table and fastened a cloth under his neck. Finally, my ham, he said. Wow, I thought. Quantle sure was turning out to be the right choice for the circumstances. Kingsley was breathing heavily now. His fingers circumnavigated my Emily whilst my hand stroked his rock-hard Hemingway. Keep reading, he puffed. Clancy picked up his knife and carved a fat piece of pig for himself. The animal's juices flowed over his knife. I couldn't help but think about how my juices were flowing. I took a breath and continued. He cut a piece almost too big for his mouth, but stuffed it in. Kingsley looked at me, his face twisted and sweaty. I could tell he was nearing his central conflict, or as most call it, climax. I knew if I kept looking at him like that, I too would soon be on the way to my own denouement. 
finish the paragraph, he managed to say. I looked down. Two sentences left. I cleared my throat. The ham was soft and hard at the same time. An oxymoron of meat, a juxtaposition of flesh. Kingsley grunted, and as a wave of pleasure washed over me, I finished the last phrase. Ham, Clancy's greatest weakness. We collapsed on each other, spent but appreciative of the parallels between our sex and Clancy's meal. Oh, Cleo, Kingsley said, pass me a napkin. What's the magic word? I asked, suddenly naughty. Ham, he joked. I laughed, but passed him nothing. What's the real magic word? I asked again. Kingsley looked at me, eyes sleepy and a sly grin creeping over his lips. He put his mouth to my ear and softly spoke. Cleodora, if I had any say, you'd already have tenure. I came all over again. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Can you it. believe it? I should just say right now, if there are any kids listening... Mm. This does have adult content. <laughs> this would be a good introduction, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Hello to our child listeners. Yes. Uh, now you know what sex is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it has been a problem for us. We have uh, accidentally been placed in the uh, children's uh, podcast mm. uh, category mm-hmm. because people have said that it's not very intellectual. It's childish. sort of at their childish, childish. And it's mm-hmm. sort of at their level. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to fight it, but it is in that category right now. So it has been a problem with some of our guests when things get a and little And we don't steamy. know how to retroactively no. make it uh, explicit. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. sort of like we either put that on at the beginning or it's too late. Because, well, we could do it later. We just can't be bothered. Enough about us. That was an amazing reading. That was Thank fantastic. You. Thank you. It's I- a delight to read my own work here with these boys. That's something that uh, I think we can both really relate to. The sound of one's own voice. Mm. Yes. Is there anything better? (laughs) Not at all. That's I mean, why am I professor, you know? The captive why are audience. you professor? <laughs> why am I professor? Why are you professor? I am professor. Well, you know, I, if I could talk a little bit about my personal um, specialty in the sure. field of English mm. literature, I, you know, there are a lot of women professors studying, studying Bronte, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the two, studying Austen. Yes. But um, I study, you know, a, a lesser, a lesser female writer who all of those the Austin novels they end happily my my writer mm. um Henrietta uh Dargleworth her work um all of her books end in murder mm. and no they one end in murder they end in murder and no one people go uh <laughs> there's no resolution um right. I'm like the character I just love just got murdered uh <laughs> why what's and I just it think that's like so fascinating it rest. doesn't tie in I but I find it very fascinating is it, is it not only that the books ended in murder but it's always that the last word of the book too is and it was dot 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 murder essentially okay essentially wow sometimes a little bit like and the and the sun set behind her as she bled out Okay, so a little less obtuse than Colin's <laughs> reading. They they're a little bit more flowery. They're a little bit. Well, I mean, is Colin a writer? 
I am a writer. Oh, excuse I'm me, excuse fail. me. Not, excuse yeah, me. not published. I see, I see. Yet. I see. Colin and so I are both failed writers, failed which writers, is a right. yeah. subcategory. Yeah. You can look at any Barnes and Noble you go into. They have fiction, nonfiction, historical, yeah. failed. <laughs> so you're trying <laughs> to learn our stuff. Go right to the fail yeah. writer. So I, what, what stopped you from getting into that? Well, I mean, I do. I, so you know how some bookstores do have the community boards? Of course. I try to tack up the Your, back cover of my books <laughs> to the community board, like the uh, the Mr. Hot Dog series that I, right. I talked about. Yeah, now that sounds like an interesting series. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I, it sounds right sounds, on my end. It alley. really does. Yeah, it's and it's sort of like where. And again, this was, it was unintentional. It was that a the, Freudian, you wrote a, a f- whole Freudian slip of a yeah, series. Yeah, a uh, Freudian series yeah. Uh, of slips. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> well, what is it? A Freudian mother, series of slips? My Freudian mother has slip? a bunch of really lovely Freudian slips that she would wear to bed. Oh. I would always have to help her get into her Freudian slips. <laughs> right. Ding dong. <laughs> what? So I, uh, but I wanted to know. So Were you a humorist? <laughs> Henrietta uh, Dargelsworth. Yes. Could Dargelsworth. you just name three of her books? Yes, certainly. Um, my favorite they're, is. They're, they're, they all end in murder, but they're not erotic. No, they're not erotic okay. at all. Um, uh, so three of my favorite. Night Sets in Vienna. Mm-hmm. Night Spo- Sets in Vienna. <laughs> night Sets? Like Night Sets. Night Sets. I'm guessing yes, this great. is about comedians doing sets at night <laughs> no no in no comedy clubs because the, the sun s- sets oh, i see <laughs> i see <laughs> i guess the but night this set. one's a little different this is like okay. night setting on and um. this one all <laughs> you know like the beginning of night yeah that's night <laughs> sets and, on. and you do have to be very patient with michael and i there is a reason we are failed writers right yes. right i see you're very um your imagination runs low i also yes. as people yeah. might not know we have about six different tv screens in the forever dog studios <laughs> each one is to a different channel so whatever you're saying has got to be pretty interesting to keep my eyes away from right. you know uh, you're distractible yeah well the property brothers are about to <laughs> well those this are some expansion. nice brothers great brothers great brothers so sorry the first book was night, night sets night in vienna, sets in vienna. night sets in vienna um my uh <laughs> I want to subtitle all of these. Um, you can. I go. But only if they are subtitled by Henrietta Dargelsworth. I know. What era did she write in? What was the, in the that was in Georgian England. So we're talking Georgian 1870s. England. Okay. Yeah, Night Sets in in, in uh, Vienna. Spoiler alert: Sophia dies. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that's um. She didn't really that. say spoiler alert. Um, her, for her, it's uh. uh but watch, wait, watch and wait. <laughs> Sophia <laughs> might meet her untimely death. Lest your ham doth spoil. Yes, lest your... Oh, be careful what you say. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is loosely autobiographical. Um, oh. uh, yes, Henrietta Dargelsworth. Um, Parliament, it's a sham. <laughs> <laughs> that was her foray into to like political, political thriller. Yeah, yeah, that's political. Mm. That's a political thriller. Um, Parliament is a sham. It's a sham. Parliament colon, it's, it's a, a sham. sham. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Exclamation point. That sounds like John Stewart could have written that. <laughs> yeah. It does, doesn't it? Well, mm. you know, it's or interesting. Trevor Noah. They both reference Henrietta once in mm. each of their books um, yeah. as a, you know, forgotten... Little nod. They they nod to her. Yeah. They say, "My wife read these shitty novels. <laughs> I couldn't possibly." So I think that was two. Yeah, and there was going to be a third. Sure, of course. <laughs> Don't you worry. And the third is smiling over the Thames. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that one, you know, starts out pretty um, 
it, that one has yeah. it really has all the auspices of a feel good mm. novel until the very final page. And how does it end? Well, the married the cu- it ends at yeah. a wedding. Uh-huh. The married couple oh, nice. has just really nice. done their vows. Yeah. When suddenly a madman uh-huh. sweeps into the Has he been wedding. part of the book? Not at no. all. <laughs> In fact, I believe that the the exact terms is all of a sudden a madman ran through the aisle bearing uh-huh. a a knife mm. and stabbed the happy couple to death. And then the final line is the pastor going, what a shame. Yeah. It was also, I do remember this book. It was the first, it was technically the first emoji. The book ended with one of those little like shrugging uh, yes, yes. Uh, emojis yes, at the end. Yes. My colleague who does media studies is um, looking in, into that. Mm. <laughs> so interesting. That's so cool. That could be probably all semesters worth of work to look into that old time emoji. Well, that's so, what they say about academia. No, yeah. it's the tiniest grain of salt for oh, a huge sh- cake. And that brings me back to my question. Why are you professor? <laughs> As in, why did I get into the field? Yeah. Or? Well, you, you studied, uh, what was, one more time, what was this uh, author's name Henrietta again? Henrietta Dargleswood? So you studied her instead of yeah. the, the Jane yes. Austens yes, and, the, and the, yes, and the uh, Virginia Woolf's. And, yeah, uh, and, yeah. The, and the Brontes. Brontes, that's what mm-hmm. we're yeah. um, and, Because and, I'm a feminist. Of course, yeah. So are we verbally. Yeah. Good. We like to say. Good. Whenever we can. I'm happy to hear that. I look at you, I see two verbal feminists. Yes. Uh, outspoken in word yes. only. Yes. I've caught you looking at my mohair wrap a couple mm. times that yeah. just just so uh, barely covers my torso. Do you know why? Why? I have a day job in textiles. You're interested in mohair. Um, yeah. Uh, Mo, Curly, Larry, any of the Stooges. <laughs> yeah, Michael did do his one-man show adaptation of The Three Stooges. Which brings me to my next question. Yes. Your book about sex. Mm-hmm. In my experience, sex is dirty, nasty, low down. Yours seems to be smart Sex is smart. Sex mm. is, sex can be, I, I believe sex is a... Um, manifestation of the person inside. Mm, it should stimulate the mind as yes, well as the body. Uh, fully, fully. In fact, I can't come unless someone's reciting me poetry. Yeah. And I related very much to this story because I can't come unless I'm eating ham, which so I really mm. resonated with the main character. And I can't come. Well, perhaps you ought to try reading. No, um, the state. You have, oh, you have a. The government. Stops you from coming. They took away that part. Michael has like He's an a eunuch. An- he well, no, I wish it's more like an ankle bracelet, <laughs> but like an arrest, like a house arrest. Yeah. Oh, Any- I see. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. God it's, forbid it's it tight. Puts, goes somewhere it shouldn't. Right. I don't know anywhere worse it-, it could go than where it is. Does it beep if it is used? It's beeping almost the entire time. I see. Well, the government is very impressive. <laughs> the government does a lot. The uh, parliament is a sham. The parliament yes. is a sham. We're the all aware. Is but, but so you, you've yes. made the work, uh, you've made sex and sexuality so highbrow. And I just, I'm so impressed by that because I, I think we're used to seeing it as this base, vulgar thing. Right. Well, you have to think, you know, what do the, the most 
intellectual people in this country do to get off. And, and mm. that's what I was really trying to address. I feel that there are millions of underserved academics mm. in this higher education system who, you know, aren't aren't getting their butter rubbed. And <laughs> I well, you uh, and I want to make sure that that butter gets warm and soft. We need these uh, ac- ac- people of academia to get their butter rubbed. Well, I want their butter to be rubbed. Do you have a food thing? Sorry? <laughs> like, just noticing, like, the the whole ham is a trigger word for you sexually or your characters. Well, I should say I come from a chef family. Oh. And I, you know, I, I mostly talk about this in therapy, but I'll happy to say it now, you know, in working through the shame I have at not entering the family profession, mm. my family run a change of, chain of hotels. Oh. Um, yes, the Shrave Hotel. <laughs> System. Oh, yes. Okay. I got stabbed in one of those. You did. Yes, but not. Oh, I'm so I sorry don't to hear say that. This was, no, it was my fault. Yes. <laughs> um, this, it was a very nice hotel that was not seedy or anything. It was beautiful. I know I, they're beautiful hotels. I was breaking in. You broke into a shrave a hotel. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, if you want. I deserved it. Did you sue? I, no, I was there because I was trying to steal. Uh, oh, right. Of from course. a woman named Sue. And uh, Wait, yeah, I got st- stabbed Sue, pretty hard. Sue, Sue Peterborough? Sue Peterborough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, she was the CEO. Yeah, of Shrave Hotels. Yeah. How funny. I was trying to steal her laptop. That is so, you know, she and my parents had a big falling out. Oh, really? That is yeah. such a shame to hear. Is she still the CEO? She is still the CEO, but my parents uh, no longer chef for their own hotel system. Oh. This feels really, I, I don't know if I can really go into it Sure, anymore. of course. It's, fair it, enough, it's, fair it's, enough. Well, we would never want to get off topic. I know. Yeah. I but mean, God forbid. But this is where your uh, food yes, food obsession yes. comes from. Obsession is a strong word, I am Colin, so sorry. And I so can't so believe you'd say that. I'm I've so been working a food. Uh, food, uh, food intrigue. Food. Food, in- uh, food enthusiast. Food past. Food past. <laughs> food past. It's so interesting to meet someone with a food past. It's my food past. Yes. I mean, if you come to my, I really only eat fin crisps with mm. cream cheese. At parties, you're like very mysterious uh, with uh, meeting people and you refer to your food past and then walk away. And they're yes. like, what the well, fuck is she talking about? If someone's about? passing an hors d'oeuvre, I mean, I can hardly see that. I'll flip it, you know? So so when you were a and child. You, say, you know about my food past. <laughs> of course. I say, how dare you look at me like that? I'll never come back again get those canapes out of here yes i'm actually working on a new book yeah uh my food past (laughs) (laughs) adventures with food and uh, it could also how it affected me (laughs) before now that sounds very exciting is it a tell-all it's definitely a tell-all it's a memoir and it's going to be uh the picture is you standing in the window of a restaurant pointing at the uh the the restaurant grade yeah you got the a my food (gasps) past i love that That's is that true or is that a pitch, Colin? That's a pitch. Okay, but I like it. Also, it. it's going to be spelled differently because past is going to be P A S T, and then it's going to be past, and then I you're going to be pointing at the grade food past. past. So now, you know how it'll sell is that people mm. will restaurant restaurateurs will think that it's a, it's a guide to getting yes. the correct food grade. They're going to open it and realize it's actually a memoir. And you should have one of the you should. In, uh, this could be revolutionary, mm. where you have one of the uh, only the first books that you cannot physically open until you've paid for it. I love so those. People cannot know yeah. if they like it or not before yeah. they 
purchase I'm it. planning it should be shrink-wrapped. Yes. Uh, yeah. It'll be shrink-wrapped. Or the book is just a brick painted to look like a book, and I then you get that. emailed a PDF of the actual book for your Kindle. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> you can throw the brick in a window. <laughs> yeah, like, or put it yeah. on your bookshelf. You would. Or, you would. Well, I would. I got to get into different places. Yeah, I know how you so get around. How, what was the moment where sort of, how, how specifically did sex influence uh, your food, and did food influence your sex? Are you trying to say, do I do food play? Nope. You sure? No. Well, I, I, guess, I do. Uh, but do you? But we do want to know if you write food plays too. Well, I told you I'm not comfortable with food. And if you did, so would I, audience members throwing tomatoes on stage be a compliment? <laughs> you know, it's funny it's that a hypothetical. You, I have to say, if I did. I, it would. I would want to work that in, mm. but I actually am really triggered by all this food chat. Should we? You <laughs> no, know, no, no, no. Well, we I, I will tell you about the food play. Given sure. that I worked through it here, in my processing, um, in my processing of my food past. <laughs> 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 yes, everybody has to process food. Well, like I, you know, food I told processor. you, I'm, I have, a, I see a psychoanalyst uh, um, who also is a, you know, he's an accomplished cook, and part of what <laughs> seems like sort of could dislicing either and dicing helpful your psyche. or hurtful. Well, no, to your... what we do, what we do is, um, he gives me assignments, and one of them was, can you have sex on a full Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> <laughs> that was your. <laughs> Therapist assignment to you. Now, are yes. you sure that this was uh, him asking you, like trying to help you work through things, or was he just asking you if this was appropriate behavior? And then maybe I, he had done this. He said to me, Your homework for this week oh, is to go home and cook a full Thanksgiving dinner and, uh, f- you know, find a, one of your lovers. I, I'm sorry to say, I'm Polly M. I'm Polly M. Cool. And, um, find one of your lovers and invite them over, lay it down on the meal, and in- invite them in. Ah. And invite and them then, in. And the stuffing is already there. Oh, boy. Now, the thing I do take issue mm. with here is we have a big problem in this country with food waste. Yeah. Mm. Are mm. you. And you're we uh, donated lighter. it at all. You don't eat it at all. You donate it all. We donated it all. Thank goodness, because we donated it all. Food waste, and I've said it yeah. before on this podcast. It's yeah. a big problem in this country, and so I'm very happy to hear that you There's, are not wasting food. I, that it, you are giving the food that you have had sex on mm-hmm. to those in need. It makes me so angry when people throw out perfectly good food. I mean, there's no reason to uh, to not eat secondhand yams. Yeah. I totally agree. And you know what? I I'm proud of you sharing the wealth that way I'm, i appreciate that as well now i had a quick question your book was full of a lot of or your reading was full of a lot of different references mm, there's one true. i didn't get okay 68 was that referring to something well you aren't numbers boys as i recall yes right. we are not um do you mind if i be a little explicit here on the pod um Okay, 68 is when a woman puts her mouth. Well, um, let's talk first. Well, actually, I lied because that's actually 69. Right. Uh, I know 69 very well. I see. I see. Oh, I see. Well, in the story, the character's being coy. And the character is saying 68. You know, it's a little bit of a coy boy move. However, I am familiar with the sex move 68, and I'm happy to share. That's when a man lays down 
and a woman holds two beach balls, mm. one by, with her hands and one with her legs, forming a sort of eight, and just kind of bounces up and yes. down on the full length of the man. Very or gratifying. It, it could be women to women or yeah. to men, because all you need is a beach ball. <laughs> I, beach thought, balls. I thought that the eight was an the infinity sign. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the beach balls. The beach balls. <laughs> that's vital. immutable. It, yeah, it can't be anything else. I thought the sixty-eight was. I thought the eight was an infinity sign, and that it was a man. Lying backwards on a bed forever alone. It's interesting you should say that. Well, my therapist would also say so. I'm I, uh, so glad you're in therapy. I yeah. once uh, thought I, I almost uh, participated in a 68, but turns out we were just going to the beach and playing with some beach balls. Mm. So. Also fun. It was super fun. That I, is I had fun. a really good time. And it's time. great because it's two beach balls for two people. Yeah. Mm. So you can both throw them up at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you, I know we're running out of time here. Do, do your students read your erotic writing or is this just for you only? Uh... It is completely secretive. Oh. And if they find out, oh. I might be fired. <laughs> you didn't know you're being you, recorded. Did you use your, <laughs> we've gone over that. You Sorry, are what? so lucky no one <laughs> listens to this podcast. Did you use your real name for your books or is it a surname or a, a pseudonym? pseudonym? Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it actually, it's funny. It is a pseudonym. Okay. Um, so can we just get you a real name? <laughs> that actually makes sense because. Yeah. I do like that you gave yourself the, the, still the title of doctor in your, in your pseudonym. Oh no, that's my real name. Oh, that's your real name. Oh. I didn't share my pseudonym. Oh, oh we I don't know your pseudonym. Okay. No, no, no. In fact, I think I've done <laughs> it all wrong. Yeah. I think that's going to make it easier for people. I think I've done it all wrong. It also makes sense that you're, uh. <laughs> But your parents didn't use your pseudonym for their chain of hotels, <laughs> yes, which they I know. chef would... for, but they named the hotels <laughs> after the chef. It's their hotel. Gotcha. They opened it. They're chef owners. Oh, gotcha. They're okay. chef owners. So do you have any advice to young writers who are trying to break into the industry? Mm. You know what I would say to a young writer is follow your groin. And... Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Follow your groin because, yeah. uh, you know, the mind, I mean, you know, I love the mind. I I, I think about it. I I, I, I worship it. However, yeah. and it can only of, lead so far. What was that called? Thinking about the mind <laughs> yes. is almost masturbation for the mind. You know, mm. that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to talk about that with my analyst. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's great. So if you're yeah. if you're listening, yeah. just really. Let your groin do the talking. Let your groin do the talking. In fact, there are some interesting exercises you can do. Uh, You know, I sometimes free write while I'm being serviced. Mm. (laughs) And that, um, for me, really produces the kind of interesting work I want to see in the field. God, I wish I could come. I'd be such a better writer. (laughs) And Colin famously, I don't think we talked about it, but Colin famously is a virgin. Yes, we... uh, we, uh, I see. Yes, we have uh, established... uh, It's it's such a great thing that we established on the podcast that me... I'm a virgin. Yeah, I yes. don't remember. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so glad that how. we used our real names yeah. on the podcast. Right. Well, yeah. well got... you can always do a pseudonym now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Throw too... it in. It's the one thing I've learned, it's not too late. 
Um, well, listen, yeah. before we go, we have something that we'd like to do. We do it with all our guests. Mm-hmm. It's a great segment that everybody loves. They can't get enough of. And we don't do it because we feel like we desperately need to get more listeners or we need to make the podcast uh, something more enjoyable. We do it because we love it. And <laughs> I know the, the audience loves thank it. Thank you for the disclaimer. So, um, do you know uh, that famous short, sad story, for sale, baby shoes never worn? I do. We have a segment called uh, Shorter and better and where we try to top that story and we are also looking for pitches for the title. Wait, it's longer and sadder or Mm, shorter and sadder? This one's actually going to be, we're going to try to make it as short and as sexy as possible to be inspired by you. So I don't know what the, let's just call the segment short. And it doesn't even have to be so. That basically, short. the for reference, the the sentence we're we're playing off of is a uh, for sale baby shoes never worn, and we are going to write a shorter, sexier sentence than that. Based, it shouldn't be too Based hard. off of just this. basically, yeah. Okay, I got it. To, I got just it. trying to top. First one, it. doesn't have one. to be. First one, it isn't sexy at all, so shouldn't be hard to top this you've, one. I've got you've one. I've got, got one. one. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. We usually let the guests go last. Yeah. Oh really? No, just to give them time. Yeah. But you go ahead. Okay, okay. here's one. Two fifty. We know. Let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> See now you know. <laughs> now I get it. Three bucks. G string. Wet. That's good. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 I've got one. Ready? <clears throat> big butts. Big nuts. Fuck. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Okay, that didn't go as well as I thought I like it would. It. I like I'll it. I'll try it again. Let me try it and see if I deliver it better. <clears throat> big butts. Big nuts. Fuck. Yeah, All right. There we go. That's, that's a great delivery. Wait, okay. Last try. <laughs> big butts. Big nuts. Never fucked. Oh, um, that makes a little sadder. I like that one. It is a little sadder. That's a good point. I feel like the, the key is really to make it sad. Yours is like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was too sexy, not sad enough. Oh yeah, uh, is the sexy replacing the sadness, oh, or is the sexy in addition you know to the it sadness? It was replacing the sadness. Or no, 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 no. maybe it's open to interpretation. Uh, Colin, we've got a thousand more episodes to iron out these details. <laughs> Bring Great. us on home. Uh, uh, you and me ain't nothing but mammals. Let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. That wasn't short That's at all. Not too short, but <laughs> it did short. rhyme, which I like. Rhyme, and it's an original, so you know. Yeah, you you should one. turn that into a song. Oh, you yeah. think so? I could see I a could. whole album based on really? that. Yeah. yeah, I could see a whole. I could see a whole career based on that one song. <laughs> should I? Should I try to write that song? <laughs> I think you I should. So. Yeah, find a producer and let's get it going. I mean, if you, I don't. Do you, did you bring any instruments? Uh, yeah, let me uh, let me just uh, so I have GarageBand on my computer. Okay. Let me see if I can. You do that, and while yeah. you do that, we'll say goodbye to our guest. Uh, I want to say thank you so much to Dr. Francis Shrave Masterson, Ugh. and whatever your fake name is, it's been a pleasure having you here on Literati. It's been yeah. so special to be here with you all. Such such an honor, and it's my honor. No, it's our <laughs> no, honor. It's my and honor. And I think yeah. I've finally finished writing my song. Oh, okay. yeah? If we'd like oh, let's to. let that play us out. And that's the end of, of that, that chapter. chapter. Yes.
guess so I just wrote this right now. Okay, this is good. This is catchy. Yeah. You're fast. Yeah. Let me jump forward a little bit. Okay. Oh. When did you record right. these lyrics? I ran right over to the corner, uh -huh. and I just uh, sort of banged it out. Wow. Yeah. This is impressive. Yeah. Failed writer. You should, you're should. you a successful musician. It, it sounds like you're just talking. I think you should try to sing the lyrics Wait, more. That would be my... Okay. Money. Money. People love talking music. Yeah, people like to cake. Talking heads. Ever heard of them? No. And you're giving us the rights to play this song on the podcast? Yeah. Okay, great. Then we're good. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram dog team and liking our page on Facebook.